through the night. She just wanted to tip, no advice. On the side of the road, what's the risk? Roll the dice. If they catch us, I don't care, because we all gonna die. Welcome to Pork Talk. This is the true story. Three strangers pick to work at a camp together and have their lives monitor. If I was going to stop being polite and start getting real, I'm Eric. This is Miss Paige Lee. Easy to tell them. Papito. Fredericksburg's finest. The DMV's finest. Mansfield's finest. Brock Road Elementary. Class of 06 valedictorian. And for you haters who do not believe it, it is still a fact. They might have had a valedictorian in the year of 06. Today we have a special guest. Some know her as Jennifer Brown. Some know her as Nurse Brown. A couple may know her only as Ethan's mother, <laughs> Mama B. Welcome to the party. Oh, yeah. Woo! Thank you. Uh, as I'm not going to call you out, you might have left something out of your name, um, but I'm not going to be the kind of guy that will call you out at the beginning of the podcast. Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So we got a lot to get on to uh, today's episode for sure. But first and foremost, we haven't done it in a little bit. Guys, let's get a quick weekend update. What did you guys get into this weekend? I literally didn't do anything this weekend. Everybody's busy yeah. and it's cold as shit here. Yeah, I was going to tell you, like, weekend-wise, I this was not the day for the weekend update because I did nothing. <laughs> like, I went to, like, dinner. Did I go to dinner this weekend? I think I started the weekend with dinner with my, with my Sean. And then outside of that, we just... I hope y'all didn't. I hope y'all didn't do dinner because it wasn't, you know anything memorable so that would be really bad Mm. no i know we went to dinner i'm trying to think if that was the weekend or if that was thursday Uh, again i'm hoping it wasn't the weekend Mm. (laughs) it might have been thursday she needs to say it was thursday remember dinner oh dinner was bad dinner dinner was so bad we went to this little fancy place out here is that Um, the spaghetti yeah i left so upset i had to order Food when I got home. Oh, wow. I went to McDonald's after leaving the restaurant. Yeah, that's terrible. I feel like that's how you know your date was bad. One that you went to a fancy spot in Mansfield when there's nothing fancy about Mansfield. Two, you got spaghetti, which is against your main rule of never getting spaghetti. And three, your meal that you got after was McDonald's, and it was better than what you got. Yeah, yeah. I had to break the no spaghetti. I had to see if there was any justice to it, and I was correct in all of my years of thinking. That spaghetti is never something I'm going to order at a restaurant. Was it just plain spaghetti? Or was it like, you know, something? Well, spaghetti with meatballs. It had a whopping three meatballs. It was a total of $21 for pasta, tomato sauce, and three meatballs. So, no, no, no. And it didn't taste good. So, there's that. You should have sent it back. I should have sent it back. But who knows? Who knows what would have happened there? What did did, uh, you get into this weekend? Um, oh, do you, so you know how uh, on Friday's episode we're talking about adopting a dog? Yeah. So we went to go see a dog at a shelter, and they hit us with the classic stitch up of, oh, the car salesman, when it's like, oh, you came in to see this one car? Hey, that's cool. I also have another car that I actually want to show you that might work out better. So if someone tried to, like, upsell me on a foster dog or, or like, an adoptable dog, it was fine, and I kind of fell in love with it, which was expected. And then we spent the rest of the weekend trying to figure out, basically, me talking her off the ledge of adopting this dog that this wasn't going to be the, the move. So that's that's where we're at right now. I fully read that through that spreadsheet. <laughs> Sixty dogs that were on there. I read through all of them with um, my friend Jess, and she had a couple favorites. I had a couple favorites, but we were also kind of drunk, so hey, I don't remember that's- the list. 
That's the best way to do it. You sent it, and I didn't even look. I did not expect you to look at it. No part of me was going to look at that. (laughs) Oh, no, I was actually interested. That's why I asked. I mean, the the t- basically all the top dogs were great, but they all got adopted. So, which is expected because they're great dogs. Yeah. So the adoption, uh, the adoption update will continue until we eventually adopt the dog. Um, but enough about that, Mom B. We got a lot of things we want to uh, ask you about. Um, I think if you would love to give us a little background about you and the listeners, who you are, what you do, et cetera, et cetera, that'd be a great way to start it off. Well, I am um, now um, a nurse. Uh, Before Mm -hmm. I was a nurse, I was an engineer and um, a mother and wife. Uh, Yeah, great friend, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, um, born and raised in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, Went to school um, at North Carolina State University the only university that matters Uh, (laughs) got married right after that moved to indiana and from indiana to virginia beach virginia from Mm. here to ashburn virginia from ashburn to fredericksburg virginia where yes sir huh (laughs) oh yeah um and so that's how that story goes how did you go from engineering to nursing and when did you decide to make that career switch? Cause that's pretty drastic. That is extremely drastic. Well, um, I made the classic mistake that most 18 year olds make. I went to college in pursuit of money and mm. not following my passion. And so, you know, back then you knew that you, well, more than likely we're going to make good money as an engineer. Um, If you were a nurse, not so much. So you follow the money path and you're probably not there yet. And probably most of your listeners are not there yet, but there will come a point in your life when you'll realize that money is not going to make you happy. Um, Especially when it comes to career choice. You better do what you love, follow your passion. And oddly enough, a lot of times if you follow your passion, the money will follow. Hmm. So, yeah. So right now I am in a position where I take care of people, which is what I love to do. And I have uh, strategically um, placed myself in a position where I can make just as much, if not more money now than I could as an engineer. So look at how it works. How long, like what, when did you decide to switch? Like, was it recent? Was it years and years ago? Like, Oh, it was years ago. Um, And I think I talked myself out of it for a while um, for a myriad of reasons. Oh, you know, you're a mother you can't do this and have young kids. Then later on it was, oh, you know, I need to do this for the kids. I don't have the time. Then it became, I'm too old. And none of those were true. Hmm. Um, All right. So you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but let's say you were talking to your younger self, you know, Mm -hmm. freshman, sophomore year in college. What's like, what are some tips and advice you would give to yourself now that you've been through so much? Um, what would I tell the younger me? 
Um, don't worry about the money. Don't get so caught up in money. Do what you love and the money will come. Yeah. And, but I will say this. In life, you have to understand that um, sometimes it will appear that you're on the wrong path. But when you look back in hindsight, you'll see that, okay, I needed to go down this road in order to um, attain this skill to be, you know, to take that next step. And so I don't um, regret those years at all because I think that it has placed me in a position when I transitioned from direct patient care to administration, mm -hmm. the engineering side and the management side when I was in engineering will certainly help me to be great at that. So it served its purpose. So it, it all came full circle. You know, you set the groundwork and then you were like, oh, I'm getting away from that. And then next thing you know, you're like, oh, all these skills that I had previously learned, bam, mm -hmm. I can make it applicable. And you know what? That experience that I have when it comes to negotiation of the salary, little bump up here and there. maybe. Oh, listen, it has worked miracles for me. <laughs> <laughs> it has worked miracles because when I mean, I thought I had done OK negotiating but then mm -hmm. you talk to your colleagues and they tell you what they're making you don't dare tell them what you're making oh because <laughs> <laughs> you're like how am i making more than you and you've been doing this 10 times longer than i have yeah so Ooh. yeah it well, definitely that's... helps out Wow. I'm gonna need to, we're gonna have to talk after this. I'm gonna need to start. I got a negotiation hopefully coming up soon. I'm gonna need to talk to I got this you. right. I'll give you all the keys. Oh, you got the keys? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, here here's the thing that I always um have said to my employers, and let me say this there's not anyone that I've ever worked for that I could not go back right now if I wanted to. You make yourself someone that they don't want to lose. And so I told, because I'm actually getting ready to start another job. I'm leaving the one that I, where I currently am and I'm going into another department. I'll be working in the ICU. And the way that I was able to negotiate my salary is I told them, you need to have a conversation with my current employer um, and speak to the ones prior I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you will not ever want to let me go. Mm. I, I tell them that and I say it because I know it's true. So you, you make it so that people don't want to lose you. That means you have to do your job and do it well. Yeah, I feel like that's a very powerful statement to make. Because, you know, some people, even though they might have a great relationship with a previous employer, like they think it's good, they might not want to you know, say, Hey, contact them. But to say very confidently, which sounds like, like, Hey, ask about me. And then you'll know why. Ask and like, about that's, that's it. Ask about me. Like, that's it. That's all you need to hear. Yep. And, and actually it was, it was, uh, it's very interesting because when my new employer called me back, he said to me, I was really surprised at the glowing recommendation that your boss gave you. I said, well, I'm not. <laughs> That's probably hard, though, now I'm thinking about it. 
to know that you're going to leave them and then to still, well, to know that the person you're interviewing is going to leave their current employer, call their employer and their employer still give them a rave review. That's yeah, got to say great things about you. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but again, you have to know what you've done while you're there and the impression that you have left on that person. And she told me, my, my, my boss, my, my boss now, Sherry told me, she said, if you ever need anything from me, don't hesitate to call. This is the lady that I'm leaving. <laughs> mm, damn. So yeah, I mean, that's the way you have to set yourself up. So when you go to work, do your job. Don't mm. be jacking around and, you know, I, I look at some of these nurses and I'm like, Damn, no wonder you, no wonder you're not going anywhere or doing anything. You'll be stuck <laughs> here. I'll come back 15 years later to visit and you'll still be here doing the same thing because she's not going to, I know Sherry, Miss Sherry's a very nice woman. And if you've got what it takes, she will support you hands down, but she is not going to stick her neck out for somebody that she knows is not, you know, up, up to par. And that's why when I look at some people and they've been in the same department for five years, 10 years, then more than likely something's up. There are a few who just love, you know, where they are, but there's a few who stay because they can't move. Mm. Yeah. I'd hate to be that person. Oh yeah. So yeah, life is good. Life is good. Um, let me hit you with one of my deep questions before we slide back over to whoever's up next. Okay. Hard. It's been an age-old running debate we done had. A couple of guests then gave their opinion on it. On what is harder between your 20s and your late 40s? And I beat the drum for your late 40s, although other people on this cast beat the drum for the 20s. We've had some almost switch. Eric, where are you at right now, by the way? You on 20s or 40s? I don't even remember what my initial stance was. You started on the 20s. I convinced you slowly to move off a little bit, but I don't think you made the full move. I guess the question here is, what do you think is the harder age group? Your early 20s where life sucks. You got a shitty job. We're in college for six years, going on seven. I'm working at the worst places, and this ain't about me. So your early twenties <laughs> or your forties? Um, I'm going to say the forties, and here's why: people tend to get stuck when you're in your forties. When you're in your twenties, your life is shitty. You got a whole lot of time. At least you think that you have all this time to make the necessary adjustments and you do you know all things remaining constant you do when you're in your 40s typically you've been on said job for you know a number of years you probably got a spouse a kid or two some bills you know a mortgage all this stuff and so you feel stuck let's say for instance Let's take me. I could have very well said, I'm not going back to school for nursing because I have all these responsibilities. I'm going to have to leave my job in order to do this. I'm not doing it. And so that's why you see a lot of people in their 40s. They're depressed. They're bitter. They're just not nice people <laughs> because they're stuck. 
So again, in your 20s, it, it may be miserable and 20s can be tough, but you still have the time to make the moves that you need to make to position yourself. You do at 40, but most people at, in their 40s don't think they do. So 40s wins. I don't even think we've ever had that uh, pointed out during this. But that is the stuck factor is definitely a big factor. Absolutely. Absolutely. If if you would have some people in their 40s to be transparent, that's the thing, because, you know, they'll lie because everybody wants to make like their life is great, even though it's shitty. Um, but if you could find some 40 year olds to be transparent and said, if you could change what you're doing right now, what would you be doing? I guarantee you probably 90% of them would be doing something different. Yeah. But they're stuck. Got kids in college. You got to pay tuition. I can't leave my job now. You know, you got a mortgage that you can't pay by yourself. So, or your husband can't pay by himself. So you got to keep working. I mean, it's, you're stuck. You know, it's, I'm telling you that quicksand is, is hard and heavy when you get in your forties sometimes. Same thing with relationships. People don't want to get out of them. (laughs) Oh, what will the kids think? Well, I've been with him for 20 years. I can't. No, uh uh-uh. Nope. You better get unstuck. Is that a, is that a thing that we think? In your well, you don't think that now. You will in your forties. I hope you don't, but most forty-year-olds do. Most most people that I know that are married are miserable. <laughs> I mean, I'm just being honest. They're miserable, but they won't divorce because they're stuck. At least they feel stuck. They don't want to change their lifestyle. I had a conversation with a friend of mine um, and we were talking about, she had read some statistic that says that if a woman divorces within two years, she'll live below the poverty level in most cases. Now we're just talking about, you know, regular, we're not talking about people that are married, you know, their spouses are are very well to do. We're talking about middle-class people, middle-class, upper middle-class that in within two years, she will live at or below the poverty, poverty level. So, you know, you have, uh, I'll just use myself. You have Jennifer and, and Jennifer is, you know, a stay at home mom and she's driving her Mercedes. Her kids are off to college. She knows her husband's messing around on her and she's pissed about it, but she's not going to divorce him because she doesn't want to give up that lifestyle. It's about lifestyle for most people. They don't want to give up the lifestyle. So they remain in a miserable relationship for lifestyle, for security. And it's, it's shameful, but it's a fact. So, yep. I tell you, or as my grandmother used to say, it's better to be with a devil, you know, than a devil you don't know. That mm. is true. Cause what, we don't know what's out there for you. <laughs> Well, guess what? You don't have to be with the devil. You can just be by yourself. If you love yourself enough, you don't need anybody else. Amen. I mean, you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a partner. What I'm saying is you won't stay with someone 
just to have someone. And females, we are notorious for it. For whatever reason, somehow we get in our minds that we have no value if we don't have a man attached to us. You know what else females get in their mind about, though, since we're on the topic? I think <laughs> that for some reason, they all think that they are just professional at loving themselves. Because I feel like they all think that if, oh, I love myself, or I can be lonely because I love myself. And it's usually not true. I feel like them loving themselves is pretty cliche. Well, some of them it, need a man because they can't love themselves. No, no, no. I said that, those are the ones that don't need a man. Yeah, that's terrible. Themselves. That's so toxic to think that way. Exactly. They, they need really someone is. to love them. No. no, 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 no. You don't. Uh, uh. They. That is the. If you are with a girl, and she is with you because she needs someone to love her, God help you. Because you are going to be miserable. It is not your responsibility to edify someone else. They need to be whole without you. And we sit up and we watch these stupid movies where, you know, these chick flicks where, oh, you complete me. And, you know, you're my other half. You're supposed to be a whole damn person before you get with somebody. That's why these relationships are jacked up. Because I, why would I be looking for somebody to complete me? I need to be whole when I come to him. And again, that is why relationships are so jacked up. The man, you're trying to make her feel good about who she is. You know, she's trying to m make sure that, you know, you feel good about who you, that's not what relationships are about. Relationships are about two whole people coming together and you all build something great. It's like a good business. That's what a marriage should be, a good business venture. I mean, really. I like so that hey. that's why most businesses go belly up. <laughs> Wait, that that's actually a good segue into another topic that we talked about on this podcast before. And it's it's kind of the conversation of do you believe in the one and like finding the perfect person to get married? Or does it make more sense to marry someone that you have a good relationship with and you're like, this is, it's more of a building block kind of thing. Ezra, you can correct me if I'm wrong on the second yeah, part Yeah, you're of that pretty one. much on because we were, the conversation really was, does true love exist or is it as deep as everyone thinks it is? Or is there anything wrong with, I meet a girl for, I meet a girl. We vibe, we're good, we mutually respect each other. Neither of us thinks this is this deep, dark love that's gonna be a roller coaster ride where we just love each other so, so very hard. But I know I've got love for you. I can see a future with you. I can see us happy, raising kids, raising a family, and helping each other, building towards something good. Is anything wrong with that? Well, I, I mean, like some people think that the only thing that exists is this magical deep deep true love and i don't think that's really how marriage work well and you are actually like solidifying the point that i made about these stupid love movies because when you think about <laughs> this when you talk about this magical deep love that is disney that is not real life and i'm sorry if you marry for love you are in trouble love does not keep the lights on Love is not going to feed you. Lo I mean, you need more than love 
to sustain a relationship. The relationship that you uh, described, Ezra, about you having this girl and y'all vibing and y'all want to support each other, it sounds like you're marrying your best friend, which is something you probably should do anyway. Um, those are the relationships that I know that are good. They married their friend. Right. And and that's Hold what them. you need because they your friend understands you. Your friend loves you in spite of all your flaws. You know, your friend can tell you off and you don't, you know, you don't get all bent out of shape about it because you know that it's coming from a place of love and respect. So those are the relationships that I know that are good. You need to marry someone that you're friends with. If you marry somebody just for love, good luck. I mean, really. I, I preach the same thing. I preach the same thing. Yeah, it, it's true. And I mean, here's here's the, the thing that you run into when you marry very young. Um, you can start off on the same path. You can have the same goals. But if you don't continue to communicate and really be honest with one another about what's going on in your mind and your heart over time, then there starts to become a fork in the road. One person's going in one direction, another person's going in the other. And, you know, you look up 15, 20 years later and y'all are going in opposite directions because you haven't kept in touch with one another. That's why people are stuck in these relationships because you've built this life with someone, but you don't even know them because you've been growing and they've been growing but because of kids and jobs and everything else, you didn't check in with one another. And so now you're 20 years in and you're like, Ooh, what am I going to do now? I'm in my forties. We've got kids. Oh, well, I guess I'll just ride this thing out. <laughs> I mean, no, that's no good, but that's what happens a lot of times. So I'm trying to give you young people advice, be honest be honest with yourself and be honest with the person that you're with. And if they can't handle your honesty, that is not the person for you. Because a lot of people want people in their lives not to be honest with them, but to lie to them and make them feel good about who and what they are. When what they are is a lie. See, You don't need to be with that person. That's the problem I run into. Sometimes I'm too honest with these girls and they can't handle the truth. Ezra... Sometimes I'm just too <laughs> upfront and honest. Well, okay. I look, I am never going to knock someone for being honest because I pride myself in being very honest with people. But I will say this to you, Ezra. There's nothing wrong with the honesty, but you need to learn to be gracious when you when you give your honest opinion. Okay? <laughs> I mean, there there needs to be some level of grace. You just can't like punch somebody in the mouth with it. And that comes over time. Cause when I was in my twenties, I just said it. I didn't care how I made them feel. I just said it. But if I invite you over for dinner and I say, you know, you know, Paige, what's your, what's your favorite meal? And you tell me, and I say, come over to my place tomorrow for dinner. I'm going to fix your favorite meal. You walk in, you're excited. I tell you to sit down. I've got everything set up and I bring you your meal on a dirty trash can top. 
Are you going to eat it? Um, probably not. Exactly. You know why? It's not because you don't love the food. It's the way I presented it to you. So I say that to say the information that you may want to give somebody may be totally truthful. You have to be careful about the way you present it or they won't receive it. Listen, man, we are getting gems right now. Gems. If you guys are not taking this in, I don't know what to tell you right now. I'm saying I'm trying to I'm trying to help your generation. I'm telling you. I mean, really, a lot preaching. of parents are not honest with their children. That is the thing that I've always been with my children is just totally honest. And guess what? They don't always like it, but I don't care when I mean, they'll appreciate it later on. They may not appreciate it now, but they'll definitely appreciate it later on. I've never held back anything from them about anything. I don't care what it is. Sex, drugs, really. I don't care. I've always been honest with them because. I want them to be the best them that they can be. The only way that they can do that, the information. I'm not, this life is not butterflies and unicorns. You know, I, I want them to know what they're up against. And so if I give them all the information, then they can go into the world fully armed and ready. Was that a big thing for you when you were having kids and raising them, especially was to make sure that you establish those communication lines early Absolutely. so that later down the road you could do so? Absolutely, because I did not get that. I didn't. And and don't get me wrong, I love my parents, but my parents came from a generation where they you didn't talk to your children about certain things. Sex, oh, please forget it. Never. I, I can't even, <laughs> I make my parents so uncomfortable when I say anything about sex now. You know, so... You know, certainly they didn't talk to me about sex. And, you know, when you um, start to become a teenager, the feelings that you have and why you're having those feelings. And I, no, that never happened in my house. Never. And so I didn't know where to go or who to talk to about that. So guess what? There was no conversation about it. And so you figure it out for yourself and you're floundering through life trying to, you know, make sense of all of this stuff that's coming at you. And it can be very difficult. But when you have a parent who is open and says to you, look, you can come to me and talk to me about it. It's okay. It's normal. You know, then, yeah, I think it makes the kid's life easier. You know, I mean, I don't know if my sons would want to admit it, but I always talk to them about, you know, mas look, masturbation, it's okay. My daughter as well. It's, it's okay. It's a natural process. It helps you to understand your body. And guess what? You know where your hands been. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. You don't have to wonder about where your hands been and if your hand is dirty. Okay. So, yes, I mean, but you have parents now, if you even mention the word masturbation, they would probably pass out. I mean, I just I wanted to make life. Life can be tough. Um, I wanted to make it as easy as possible for my children. Can only respect that. Speaking of your children in a different world, let's say maybe you. Maybe you didn't have a good relationship. Maybe you didn't stay with the man, the father of your children. 
let's say you had a boyfriend or a stepdad in the scenario. What okay. stipulations would need to be made for this man to beat your children? Okay, so you're talking about if they like if they were younger. Yeah, I'm saying like probably age between eight and thirteen, prime beating years. Or Ethan right now. <laughs> you're talking to them there too. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I had said when the kids were younger that if their father and I didn't make it, that there would be no man in my life that they knew of until they were 18. The and and would I have a relationship or at least a maintenance man? Yeah. But I would see that guy on the weekends that, or the time that they were with their father. No man, no man would sleep at my house. They would not see any man attached to me in a romantic way until the youngest was 18. I had already established that. That's what Jennifer said that she was going to do. People choose to do things differently. I'm not being judgmental, but that is what I wanted for my children. I was not going to expose them to another man. They have a father. So I wasn't going to give anybody the room to even have to do that. But in cases where that's already the thing, where there is a stepfather, then I think there needs to be some level of understanding between biological and stepfather. Some stepfathers don't want to deal with that at all. But then there are some that want to be very active in that, especially if they marry the woman and then they have a child with the woman. You don't want to parent differently. Yes, sir. You don't want to do that. So it's um it's tricky. But I mean, ugh, if I would have married somebody else, then him and their father would have had to sit down and come to some sort of understanding. But he's not going to always put the discipline on me, even though they're my children biologically, you're my husband now. They're your children as well. And you're the man in this house. So be the man in the house. Yeah, That's I'm, I'm going to need to beat that kid. I mean, you know, because for me, I'm not going to marry anyone that I felt like would harm my children. Yeah. So I'm trusting him to be their stepfather and if they need to be disciplined then i'm trusting him to do that and to do that properly and if that means that they got to get their butts banged then they got to get their butts banged don't you wait for me to get home for me to do it if you're there with them you better handle it what would you have done if let's say you send your kids to the um the step parents for the weekend you were hanging out with the maintenance uh -oh. man and then <laughs> Your kids got back home and like they had gotten beat pretty aggressively. How do you handle that as a parent? Um, okay, so that means they were with their dad and it, you're talking about his girlfriend or his wife or whatever. Yeah, like it, it was it was different from like a level of like discipline to like almost where you could call it abuse where it was like it went way too far. Yeah, so first off, I'm going to have a conversation with their father. I'm going to have a conversation with her. Oh, let me back up. I'm going to have a conversation with the father first. Then I'm going to have a conversation with them together. Then she and I are going to have a conversation. Jesus Christ. Oof. <laughs> you can hear that. A you lot hear of talks going that on. last conversation was different. Yeah. That last conversation. Oh, the last conversation is going to be very different. And, and, <laughs> and after that, then we'll call the cops.
and we may be calling them about her and my children and me and her. Oh. Yeah. I would also oh, yeah. say take pictures of the um, marks of abuse. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Oh, on her or the kids? The kids. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. We definitely would. Yeah. Oh, on her or the kids was great. Oh, oh yeah, because she's definitely going to get it. Yeah. Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think I would probably give her the beating that I would give her because she's a woman now. And and it would be very difficult for me to understand why she would do that if she had children. Um, now, if she didn't have children and she did it, then I would be scratching my head wondering why my ex-husband would even marry someone who has no, you know, dealings with children, but that's on him. Um, but yeah, she would get a different kind of beating if she wasn't a mother, but I would beat her real good if she was a mother. Oh yeah. Cause you know better and you wouldn't want someone doing that to your child. So yeah, she, yeah. I'd stomp her out real good. Do we think that uh you know where we at in life now? We've like shunned the idea of gender roles for whatever reason. Do we think that gender roles aren't as bad as it seems within the household? Within my household? Any household. <laughs> but I guess we can only specifically talk on your household. But just like if you were given marriage advice to a young couple and they were indifferent about gender roles and asking you what would your input be that they have to do what works in their relationship um some people are better at some things than others you know and let's say for instance cutting grass I mean, people always make the assumption that the male is better at cutting grass. Well, yes. that may not necessarily be the case with said couple. Um, and if she does it and she wants that to be her thing and he's okay with that being her thing, then let it be her thing. Um, I, I, you know, okay, so I'll use this as an example. We have this thing in life where we just kind of follow the yellow brick road. When you get out of high school, what's the first thing that people ask you when you graduate from high school? Where are you going to go to school? Where are you going to college? The minute you graduate from college, if you have a girlfriend, what's the first thing they ask you? No. When are you getting married? Right after you get married, what's the first thing they ask you? When are you going to have children? Kids? I mean, seriously. So... We do things because I think unconsciously we've been programmed to believe that that's what we have to do in order to have this wonderful life with the white picket fence and the 2.5 kids and the dog. That's not everybody's life. You have to live the life that's going to make you happy. And guess what? It may not include 
a spouse, a dog, or a picket fence. You have to do what makes you happy. And so we need to forget all of these, like I said, unconscious things that have that we've been programmed with and really go inward and say, what's gonna make me happy? Do I want to be married? You know, do I want kids? And here's the funny thing. I've had to check so many people because if they're talking to young people, a young couple and they're married and they go, oh, when are you going to have children? And they say, oh, we don't want kids. What do you mean you don't want kids? You're so selfish. And I tell them, no, they're not selfish. They're actually very smart because they know what they want right now better than having a child and resenting that child because you never wanted it. You're living up to what everyone else has told you you should do. That's crazy. Amen. That is crazy. I'm telling you. If you don't want kids, don't have them. Because guess who's going to suffer? Both of you. Not just the kid. You as well. Because you're going to resent that kid and you're going to resent the sacrifices that you have to make for that child. Or you're not going to make the sacrifices and you're still both going to be miserable. Don't do it. There's no, I don't know any rule that's written that says you have to have children. I had children because I wanted children. I knew at a very young age that that was another thing that I was called to do, to be a mother. Now I mother people that I didn't birth, but that is my calling to care for people, to nurture people. That is my calling. So I have no problem being a mother. But it's not for everybody. And that doesn't make them bad and me good or the opposite. It's just what you're here for. Figure out what you're here for. That's it. And you're not here to be a whore. <clears throat> that is not a thing. You better let them know because some of these people don't know that. I've been telling Isn't that them. right, Ezra? We're not here to be whores. I've right? been telling them they need to be better than that. <laughs> so don't think that you're calling in life. It is not. You can't, you can't, what if you, you like a lot of maintenance giving done? There's nothing uh, wrong with that. Well, be maintained by one singular person, please. <laughs> at least you can't go around, get time, different rates, different services. <laughs> no, be maintained by one person at a time. I don't know. I mean, some people, some people, you know, devil's advocate might say, you know, you got to go around, see what you like, what you don't hey, like. Hey, hey. You know, that way you don't get stuck in well, the mud. Say this. You don't want to get stuck in the I'll mud. I'll say this. Make them aware. Make that's, them aware. That's so again, be honest. If you want to see more than one person, and when I say see, I don't mean just look at them. I mean, if you're going to be smashing with more than one person, then they need to know. Yo, I'm kicking it with you, but I got old girl over here. You know, I'm, you know, she and I got a little something going on too. You would be surprised at the number of people that'd be like, all right, but we tell so many lies. <laughs> you know, just be honest. Just be honest. You this, will be shocked at what happens when you're honest. This is this brings up. I think we talked about this last week with uh, Victoria, and it was a conversation of. And we definitely talked about it before. At what point does someone do you need to tell someone? Like at what point do they deserve to know between casual dating and to when it's there's a le a certain level of expectation? Or if like is it even inappropriate for someone to ask if you've only been talking for like a couple of days so or so? So you mean to inform them that you're having sex with someone else? 
We're not gonna call yeah, it. Yeah, or you're dating we're around. Just gonna say, you know, you, you know a couple other people. No, no, no. That because I, you know, there's a difference between quote knowing a couple of people and having sex with a couple of people. So are we? I mean, I I would stipulate it as casual dating, and you might be having sex with a couple, but not all of the people. What? Yeah. Like you, you might be dating someone. You might have, you know, been dating some girl for a couple of weeks, and you might be having sex with her. But then you met another girl a couple of days ago at the bar, and you guys just generally started talking. Oh, okay. So the one that you're just talking to, you don't need to to tell her that you're having sex with somebody. Now, when you start, when you think you're going to have sex with her, then you need to let her know, yo, I'm sleeping with somebody else. You like good with that? Because uh, here's the thing. Wait a minute. I feel like that would really ruin the mood before you. No, no, no. Have sex. But here's the thing. And and guys, listen closely. Girls give sex to get love. Boys give Ooh. love to get sex. So when a girl sleeps with you a lot of times, she's doing it. And that's her way of saying we're in this committed relationship. It's just you and I now. I've given myself to you, so now it's just you and I. If it's not going to be that way, and she's just somebody you want to kick it with, because you got you do have girls that just want to get maintained. So if y'all just going to be kicking it, and you just going to be maintaining her, then let her know, all right, I'm going to do your maintenance work, but yo, I got somebody over here. I'm, you know, I'm their plumber too. <laughs> I love this maintenance analogy. It's so but, great. I mean, it's, but that, is that not what you're doing? You're, yeah, that's, hey, the maintenance man is a great thing. The, the only the <laughs> only flaw here is some girls can't handle the truth. We know it. You didn't seen it. I didn't seen it. We didn't all seen it. So there's so no then, need. And what did I say about somebody who can't handle the truth? That they need to be loved behind closed doors privately. <laughs> that is not what I said. <laughs> no, I'm serious because down the road, you're just creating more problems for yourself. Just be upfront with her. And if she can't handle it, and 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 my question to you, Mr. Ezra, would be why would you not want to be honest with them? If you're not being honest with someone, it's because you fear them not being around. Yes. There is th keep in mind, this is the former me. I, I'm a whole new person nowadays. Mm -hmm. Um yes, <laughs> I honesty has got to be, I'm not gonna say dishonest. I'm going to say put on the back burner and we're just going to omit certain things. So you're not going to lie to the shorty. You are lying. You're deserves, lying by omission. She deserves better than the lies, but she also don't need all the details. If she start <laughs> asking nosy questions, just let them know. Hey, that's intrusive. No, you got to let people know it. I mean, I'm telling you, girls, they take that very, very personally when they're sleeping with you. And then they find out just by happenstance, not because you told it, but they just find out that you've been smashing somebody else. But then I'm going to ask, did you ask me if I was doing this? But you're going to lie. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to lie yet. I'm, I'm a, I wanted to ask you at least first. She, a lot of times we don't have to ask. We know. And, and, and typically when a girl comes to you, she and she starts asking you questions. She already knows. That's she you, already knows. You got to double down. She's just checking to see if you're going to tell the truth. Yeah, she knows. 
That's so true. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. I mean, that's the way it is. So you might as well be honest. You're digging a deeper hole for yourself if you're lying because she knows you're lying. She knows it. Because the other girl that you're sleeping with probably told her. That's right. They've already had a conversation. I'm okay with that. Oh yeah, it happens all the time. If you're not ex if you're not exclusive, there's yeah, nothing that's what, wrong with if that. If this though. is not your girlfriend, now I know I can't trust you. Because what you doing talking to other shorties about me in the first place? Well, not what the same? She's go ahead, Paige. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Um, if you're in a relationship with a girl, she's probably talking about you to her girlfriends anyway. This yeah, but we're not two girls both sleeping with you at the same time. But if we're not in a relationship and we're just talking. Now I've got to paint you a villain. I've got to, I've got to demonize your actions. Why? Why? Because to take the heat off me. Oh, that that's the only reason why. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if you're sleeping with more than one person, then you set yourself up for all types of craziness. I'm serious. If they don't know, like I said, I know people that got maintenance man and they know that he's maintaining somebody else and they cool with it because they don't want to be in a committed relationship yo you know i call old boy when he comes over he gives it to me and he gives it to me good and then he can go on home i don't care about nothing else all i know is when i need that i need that and then he can go on about his business you have girls that are like that i have some friends they are very career driven. They're single. They don't want any kids. They don't want to be married. But every now and then they need a little maintenance and they got somebody that they can call and they know he's kicking it with somebody else because they've established that. And her thing is, it's no problem, honey. Just when I call and I need that, then I need that. He's like, all right. And so it's like that. So that's why I say you would be surprised at what you can get if you're just honest. You don't have to run around lying. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm telling you. Because guess what? You never have to remember the truth because it don't change. When you start lying, you got to remember these lies. <laughs> oh, God, that's true. That's, I'm serious. I've heard it's, it's, it's going to be the true. truth all the time. It's not going to change. You have to remember the lies. And guess what? You can never tell just one lie. You always got to tell another one. Now you're really in trouble because you got a whole bunch of stuff to remember. You got to keep telling the same lies. That's the key. <laughs> that would be the key. <laughs> so you don't get it confused. So you just got a, a, a couple that you just keep in heavy rotation. Yeah, you got like a top five wow. that you just go to. Then you're like, hmm, it, it's got to be one of well, these. Well, I tell like you that. what, you know, don't don't damage, don't damage people. Don't don't hurt people because it'll come back on you. Oh, yeah, yeah. it'll come back on you. Do you yeah, believe in karma? It's a real thing. You believe in no. ghosts and aliens? <laughs> I was just seeing what she no, believed. No, I'm not gonna go that far, but I'm telling you, life is just a circle. Oh yeah, it, it's gonna come back on you. Do you believe in ghosts and aliens? What? <laughs> oh yeah, Eric, what you got? Oh, this is definitely another hot topic that we talked about before. And I'm not sure. I don't need to get into your finances and count count your wallet and all that. But do you believe in joint bank accounts? And if you do, and let's say you and Big Brown have that, how do you guys balance? Um, I do believe in joint bank accounts. I also believe in separate accounts. And so I will be very transparent because I have no issue with it. 
we have a joint account and we both have our separate accounts. Here's how it works. We sat down years ago and said, okay, um, you can have your play money. I can have my play money. So the checks are deposited into the joint account. Uh, uh, set amount goes into each of our individual, our personal accounts. That's our play money. Everything for the house, the kids, the whatever comes out of the joint account. What we do, his golf, you know, my wine, my what, you know, whatever comes out of our <laughs> personal accounts. And there you have it. I mean, and so if he runs out of his personal money, then he's got two options. He can wait until it's time to re-up or he can borrow from me, but I mm. charge interest. <laughs> oh. Now that, now that oh. was the case years ago. I mean, he doesn't have to, you know, that's not an issue now, but I mean, you know, when we were, cause yeah. we've had these bank accounts since um, we got married in 93. I think we got separate accounts, maybe in 95, 97. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we've had the, the separate accounts for years along with the joint. And, um, yeah, when we were young and, you know, a little broke, yeah, sometimes we'd have to be like, yo, can I, can I borrow 50 until till next pay period? Then, you know. That's how we did it. But now it's cool. So, yeah, I believe in um, accountability um, when it comes to spending money if you have one account. Because typically in relationships, you have a saver and a spender. And mm -hmm. that spender will take you under if they don't if you don't get control of them. Um, so it has to be a relationship where the person who is good with the money is entrusted with handling the money and the finances. Um, early on, I was the spender because unfortunately I was raised with a father who never said no. And then I married a man who said, we're on a budget. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> Oh, he runs yeah, a tight I mean, ship. First, he was like, uh, but I said, like, what is that? Uh. Um, so, but <laughs> it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it taught me to uh, learn the value of money, to respect it and understand that sometimes your wants can be put on hold. It's just a want. It's not a need. And so, yeah. While we talk finance. For other couples, whatnot, how do you, if someone comes to you, they're getting married, they're about to start, the bank account is one step to know whether they're going to go join or not join. Prenups. How do we feel about a prenup, either side, if the woman asks for it or if the guy asks for it? And do you think that's because some people are of the mindset of prenups are like betting on your relationship to fail? Mm -hmm. I think it's just financially the right thing, like if stability wise. I just think it's the responsible thing to do. It's calculated. Huh. Why would you say it's the responsible thing to do? Because with divorce rates being what they are, I might I might love this girl with the, from the bottom of my heart. I might think we can see a future together. 
15, 20 years from now, our kids out the house, they grown, we just hanging out. She might want to go do her own thing. Now we get a divorce. She take half of what I got. Yeah, that don't sit right with me. Well, I would say this. If, if she takes half of what you have after y'all have been together for that long, then over that 20 years, y'all didn't have a marriage anyway. Y'all didn't have the right kind of marriage anyway. And so I go back to what I said much earlier. Be careful with who you marry. Know who you're getting attached to. Be honest. Continue to check in and talk and, and, and see where you are in your relationship. Because 20 years later, she didn't just decide to leave you and take half. She was pissed off probably 10 years in, but just never said anything. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's yeah, what the prenum's yeah. for. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, again, it's about knowing who you're with. Some people would be perfectly okay with it. Some people would be terribly offended by it. Um, I, I just, uh, you have to, again, you have to do what works for you. I think because I married very young and neither one of us had anything. Um, I think that I would have been terribly offended. But is it offended to where you can like get past it, or is that a we gonna have to save the date for a little bit while I think on this? Um, if he would have said to me that he wanted a prenup, I would tell him he doesn't have to worry about it because we don't have to get married, and then he doesn't have to worry. Huh. That's that's how offended I would have been, and I know um, what our relationship has been over the years, and you know how we've worked together and built together. So if something were to happen, then I can't see either one of us not wanting to make sure that the other one was okay. When you walk away from a relationship and you want to try and bury the person, then you're not ready to leave that relationship because you're bitter and you just want to hurt them. That's how you can tell when a relationship is really over. When the two people can walk away amicably and be okay with one another. Mm. then, you know, they've, it, the relationship is just over, but they're okay. But when you are just angry and cussing and just talking about badly about the person all the time, then you have some things that you need to work out. You're, you're not, you're not ready. You're just not ready. So, yeah, that's with any relationship, not just marriage. When you have friends that are no longer friends, but every time somebody brings the person's name up, you know, it's just like they, the friendship just ended yesterday. It's because they're still hurt. Get over your hurt and move on. Move on. I like that. It's the truth. Because guess what? They probably have moved on. And that's probably why you're hurt. Because they <laughs> moved on and you haven't. Oh, that's a I mean, seriously. Why, why do we get upset? You get upset in a relationship when you find out that you didn't mean as much to that person as you thought you did. That's true. It is. Come That's on. why we get upset. Oh, I thought he loved me. Oh, I thought I'm well. That's all you were doing was thinking. Obviously, it wasn't true. So, I mean, really. So <laughs> when someone shows you 
where you where you are in their life, then you got to play your position. You got to stay in your lane. If you thought you were a one and you find out you are five, then guess what? Be the five and the one meaning number one <laughs> and five being <laughs> number five. When you find out you're a five, then guess what? Play your position, but don't allow him to have number one status in your life if you're number five in his. You got to, I'm serious. You know, and, and I have been hurt by people because I thought that I was more important to them than I really was. But guess what? When they showed me I wasn't, I stayed in my lane. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what you got to do. Stay in your lane. So you're, you, you operate within the, the healthcare industry. Um, and it's definitely a thing within the minority communities that we don't talk about yes. mental health a lot. Are you into mental health and like an advocate for either going to therapy and stuff, or was that kind of a thing that was not, it's not really still accepted. People don't really like to talk about it. Like, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are <laughs> minorities need to understand that mental health, good mental health sometimes includes therapy and medication along with that look i know you love jesus i love him too but guess what <laughs> jesus made therapist so if you need counseling get to counseling that's just it i mean you know there's always been a thing in the in the black community where you know we're gonna pray everything away jesus is gonna fix it just pray about it baby oh yeah you know? And Jesus will take care of it. Well, like I said, Jesus made therapist. And um, that is something that has always been very taboo in the black community. Going to therapy. And people that go, or at least in the past, I don't know, it's a little better now. They don't talk about it. But I'm going to tell you, being a healthcare professional... I see it every single day. And I see what happens when people have mental health issues that go unaddressed. It's terrible. It is a terrible, terrible thing for them and their families. I mean, it needs, we, we really need to um, embrace it and understand that it's nothing to be embarrassed about. If you need help, then get it. I have more respect for a person that realizes that they need help and gets it than I do for the person who is all jacked up and they're trying to pretend like everything is fine. When And, and I want to say to them, don't you know that everybody sees how jacked up you are? You're not okay. So yeah, it's, um, that's, that's something that's very near and dear to me. Um, and and I am a very strong advocate for um, counseling, medications, but along with that, proper education. So many people are prescribed medications um, to control their anxiety or whatever their issue is, and then they stop taking it, and they end up worse for the wear. 
because their psychiatrist or psychologist, whoever prescribed it, did not explain to them, this is not a finite science. I'm going to give you this prescription, but this may not be exactly the dosage that you need. So I need you to be patient with me and be patient with the process and understand that we may need to tweak your dosage, may need to tweak it up, may need to tweak it down, but be patient with me. They don't do that. They don't talk to them and explain to them that it's not, it's oftentimes not something that happens quickly. It happens over time. When they get the medications right, then a lot of people live happy, healthy lives. But it's a process. It's not a one and done thing. So I'm getting down off my soapbox about that. But yeah, that's that's one of my um, one of the things that I'm a strong advocate for. That's good to hear. All right, as you can go. Uh, All right, Mr. how this works? We got a list of 365. Deep thought provoking, 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 provoking. mystery questions. Provoking. This is the list that everybody loves. It comes with answers. If you're stuck, I have her answers to the questions and it'll help give some ideas on maybe what it's doing. We got here a little earlier, so you might get a few more than some of the others get. Question okay. five on the list What life lesson do you think you had to learn the hard way? the hard way um right. everybody doesn't want to hear the truth mm. yeah everybody doesn't want to hear the truth so don't give it to them <laughs> <laughs> okay not mad at yeah they're i mean if they're not ready for it why give it to them you so that's why when my friends ask me a question before i answer i say do you really want me to answer Oh, and then if they say yes, <laughs> then they get it. When they hesitate, eh, all right, yep, you're not ready. Nope, I have. Uh, I'm not telling you anything. So yeah, you you have to make sure that they're ready to hear the truth. Okay, okay. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Number nineteen. If you had a friend who spoke to you in the same way that you sometimes speak to yourself, how long would you allow this person to be your friend? Forever. Oh, you only give yourself positive thoughts, positive words of encouragement. No. Oh, that's, oh, no. let me hear the forever reasoning. No, I, I would want that person in my life because I'm very honest with myself and, and even with my bullshit, I'm honest with myself when I know I'm out of pocket then I, I can check myself. I have no problem with that. Oh, so that would be a good friend to have around. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. 24. When you are 80 years old, what will matter most to you? Um, the mark that I've left on the people in my life. I want it to be good. I want it to be good. My goal in life is that for everyone that I come across to be better or feel better because I was in their life. I don't care whether I was in your life for a minute or for your entire life. I don't want anybody to call my name and somebody go, oh God, I wish I would have never met her. 
I want people to feel like their life was a little bit better because Jennifer was in it. That's another good answer. On to 41. If you could instill one piece of advice in a newborn baby's mind, what advice would you give? Don't listen to the haters. Don't listen to the haters. And they'll be li- their voices will be louder than anybody else's. So the loudest voices, don't listen to them. Listen to that still, quiet voice inside of you that's telling you who and what you are. Don't listen to the haters. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of them. Y'all have them, too. Oh, believe me, I got some haters. And and guess what? (laughs) You have some that you think are your friends and they're your haters. I I know Ethan's a hater. We all all know. (laughs) Well, yeah, Ethan Ethan hates on me and I'm his mother. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. 54. In the haste of your daily life, what are you not seeing? Every time I've asked this question, someone has needed her explanation. Do you need that? Are you okay without it? I don't think I need, I don't think I need an explanation. You said, what am I not seeing? Yeah. Um, what I'm not saying, if, now if I answer wrong, correct me. Okay. Um, what I'm not seeing is just the simple beauty of life. Like what? That's what I think I'm missing just in the, in the rush of it all. Well, what are like, some simple booties that you're missing? That's... Like, um, on my drive to work. I, you know, don't really pay attention to the sunrise, you know, or the sunset or in the spring, the birds tweeting or, you know, the flowers blooming. I mean, you're just in such a rush. You just don't sit still long enough to just appreciate all of the beauty and life that's around you. Okay. Yeah. That's oh god. Oh, he got that. Okay, yeah, that, you you understood. Mm-hmm. 62, 62, 62. If it all came back around to you, would it help you or would it hurt you? It would definitely help me. That's what we like to hear. That means you're leaving a good imprint. Hey, can we do 69 just because that's the year I was born? We can. 69 mm-hmm. was a very good year. What gives your life meaning? 69. Oh, look at that. That's a good one. Ah. (laughs) What gives my life meaning? The work that I do. The work that I do every day as a nurse. That's, yeah, that's paramount to me. So I, my bad. I guess my question now would be, before you got into nursing, what was it that gave your life meaning? Um, just the raising my children, um, you know, the friendships that I had, the, the lives that I touched because of the people that I helped, you know, because before nursing there was, you know, volunteer work. I just, I just love people. I love people. I love helping people. I love being around people. So anything that I can do with or for people. That's what gives my life meaning. Okay. Number 80 is also a frequently asked question. Should be, Jesus Christ, you can't hit anything. Should be a fan favorite by now. What small act of kindness were you once shown that you will never forget? Um, 
it's happened to me several times. Um, somebody that I didn't know at the drive-through in front of me paid for my food or my drink at Starbucks or what. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. You know what? Someone else had that exact same answer. It's the truth. It really, because I was at Chick-fil-A one day and it was like three other people in the car with me and the bill was pretty big and they paid for it. Oh yeah. Mm. Haley, Haley had that answer. Yeah. Um, actually crazy. This happened to me the other day, like last night, maybe two weeks now, two or three weeks ago, I was at mm. Duncan and, uh, I appreciate a kind act and I've got nothing wrong with someone doing something kind for me. I mm. ordered just the uh, little sausage, egg and cheese croissant. It's like $3, $3.80. And mm. I get to the window and Shorty's takes the, she uh, says 14 something and takes the card. And I was like, wait a second, how much did you say that was? She was like 14 something, something. I was like, okay. I was like, nah, I think you might have got my order mixed because I just got the sausage, egg and cheese croissant. And Shorty was like, yeah, but the person in front of you paid for you. And usually what happens is the person that they paid for, they pay for the next car. I say, yeah, I'm not going to participate uh, in that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. That's I a big assumption like, when that's 14 like, to the no, three. Nope. I'm happy he did, but no. I came in with the idea of spending $4. I'm not going to spend 15 <laughs> You know what? And that's almost like like drive through bullying because I mean yeah. you do that if the person says I want to pay for the person behind me. The the person, you know, should not be suggesting that you do that. So yeah, you did the right thing. Did she try to shame you into it? Because um, I can see her shaming you into like, it. Her tone she was kinda, but when I told her I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna participate. I think she knew right then I wasn't having it. Because yeah. the thing with me is, <laughs> if I wasn't, like, paying attention, because I was texting on my phone, too, wasn't really paying attention and handed her the card. And then I looked up and I processed and I was like, wait, why is this $14? She almost got me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So mm. um, the other lesson learned is don't be texting when you're doing monetary transactions. Stay focused. What if, yeah? You know, what if when she like swiped your card and you figured it out, you were like, "All right, we're gonna have to give me oh, their yeah, food no, that, too." Because be oh. I would have sat there. She would have gave me. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Yeah, that's true. Mm. You did pay for it. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, the person who paid for you in Chick Fil A, bless them because that. Oh yeah, that it was like thirty some bucks. Real quick. Oh my people. gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they were. I really, said it was three other people in the car with me. They had a great day that day. Mm. Yeah, I know. They were but generous. I've done it for for people. I've done I it once, know. and I, I was yeah, I was burned it. when I did it, and I'll never do it again. I know. One time, I was at Starbucks <laughs> and I bought my drink, and I remembered I had a Starbucks gift card. It was a fifty dollar gift card, and after I paid for mine, I handed it to the lady, and I said, "Use this until it runs out," and tell them to have mm. a good day. Mm. Yeah. And so I was leaving out and the person behind me, I guess, got their drink because they were waiting to leave to and they're honking. Bah, 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 bah. And I, you know, looked and she has her head out and went, thank you so much. And I just waved and kept going. So, yeah, I mean, you know, when mm. you can do it, do it. I'm going to hit you with two or three more. Okay. 115. 
if someone could tell you the exact day and time you were going to die, would you want them to tell you? Nope. Really? Mm-mm. Why not? You just um because I don't think that it would allow me to be as free as I would want. I would feel rushed, mm. you know, trying to get everything in place, everything done. And that's not the way my life is supposed to be. I'm supposed to enjoy my life. I'm supposed to be calm and fluid. I mean, just, you know, going with the flow. And that information would not allow me to go with the flow. No, that would ruin a lot. Uh-huh. 119, and I'm going to skip down to the 200s and find something. If you could live one day of your life over again, what day would that be? Hmm. It could be for good reasons. It could be for bad reasons. Just You get one more chance at any day. Probably my wedding day. And it would be because I would have spent more time talking to my father. Yeah, because um, my mother told me that after the wedding and the reception, that when they went home, she said, you know, for a while she didn't see him and she went in the bedroom and she said, he's just sitting there on the side of the bed in the dark. And she said, she turned the light on and she looked at him and, you know, tears are coming out of his eyes. And she's like, well, what's wrong? And he said, she looked up, she said, he looked up and said, she doesn't need me anymore. And Oof. that just did something to me because he's my dad. I'm going to always need him. I'm going to always love him, you know? And yeah. so I think in all of the hoo-ha, I kind of missed the mark, you know. I mean, yeah, it was about us getting married, but, you know, this is the guy who's been there since day one. And I just don't think that I expressed to him how much I appreciated his support, you know. So, yeah. That was that was a deep one. That was. That was I can imagine having a daughter to give away because eh, I guess at some point it is that indeed. Because yeah. now it's your husband's real role. You don't want to overstep no boundaries. Yep. Yep. And I think he struggles with that even to this day. Okay. Here we go. Let's see. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll skip that one. That one's. Uh... Mm-hmm. All right, since I praise the DMV time and time and time again, 216, if you had to move 3,000 miles away, what's the one thing you would miss the most? Hmm. How many miles away? 3,000. What's that like? Okay, California? so I'm on the other coast. Yeah. Jesus. Um. Mm-hmm. I would miss the East Coast vibe. I've spent time on the West Coast. They're nice people, um, but they're just different. So I think I would just miss the East Coast vibe. 
Yeah, we do got a little vibe about us. I mean, they have a vibe too. It's just different from ours. Yeah, they weird. Free thinkers, they hippies. You said that I didn't <laughs> get them out of here. <laughs> I think that's all the questions I got. Come on, man! You got to give me the last one. Three, six, mm. five. Oh, you know what? Oh, I never actually made it that far down the list. I will give you three six five. It's actually crazy. <laughs> I've never. I don't think I've ever even gone into the three hundreds. Yeah. See, you need to do that. Let's see what the last question is. It's probably terrible, honestly. Yeah. I feel like you can't end on a bad question. Though, I mean, if you're going to make three hundred sixty-five of them. Let me see what we got here. Let me see what we got. Oh my lord. Okay, that's not terrible. How would you describe your future in three words? Um, three short words. Um, that shit lit. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the future gonna be bright. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh what what a fucking answer to end it off! God yeah, that, damn. That is an end. Yeah. Do you have or we asked you a bunch of questions? Do you oh, have any questions true. with us before we wrap um, this podcast up? My question to you, each of you, I want each of you to answer. Um, are you being true to yourself and your passion right now? I'll be honest, I don't think I am. But the biggest issue that I've dealt with, because I've talked about something before, for a while I thought I wanted to mm -hmm. go into law enforcement since like high school. Went through the whole process a couple times, took a break from it, and then I think at some point I had a realization that I was follow following through with it so much because I've said it so long that I didn't mm -hmm. want to accept that kind of failure with it. So now, like probably a year or two removed from that, now I'm trying to figure out what exactly that purpose and passion is supposed to be. And that's the thing that I struggle with now. Okay. Um what do you just absolutely love to do? I, I've always liked being creative, like even the podcast, like the stuff that we have coming up in the future, like plan, that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff that I enjoy doing along with just a lot of sports, okay. just sports stuff. Um, well, yeah, I don't want to get too heavy into it on this, but um, then that's, that's the direction that you need to go in uh, again i don't want to get too heavy you know d during this podcast but um i don't know i mean if you would like you know you and i can talk about it offline but um do what you love and like i said the money will come mm -hmm. yeah because that's that's where i'm in like kind of finance stuff right now and it's like hey that money's good but you know it, it, i think I could definitely fall into that trap we've talked Absolutely. about. You talked about on the podcast of getting stuck in that. And then you're like looking at it and you're like, man, these paychecks are good. The light, quality of life is good. Mm -hmm. but yeah. That happiness balance. But yeah. don't underestimate why you're doing that. That may be that money that you make from that may be what can lead you to your passion. So that's why I say, you know, we'll talk about it offline because. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, some people move too fast, you know, and they end up kind of missing the mark. Um, so, yeah, but, well, at least you know it. 
um, you're you're in a lot. Yeah, I would say you're in a better position than a lot of people um, in your age range because at least you're aware, um, you know, of of where you are. They're just like like a fart in the wind. They don't know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> um. As what about you? My bad. I had to answer that. Snapchat real quick. Um, for me, I am. Wait, what was the question again? It was, am I being my true self or being true to myself? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think mm -hmm. I necessarily am, but I've fought with this dilemma on this college bullshit for a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't been here so long. It's, it'd be almost crazy not to leave with something. Yes. So that's what I'm intending on doing. Okay. But no part of me ever wanted to go to college in the first place. It was really, I, I played ball. I took the scholarship to go play ball. So I went to college. And then it's like, dang, I guess I got to finish college at some point. But mm -hmm. I was never that kid who sat around like, dang, I can't wait to go graduate from college. Or when I graduate from college, it's going to be crazy. Because I truly never really cared about that. And I think I can make a lot of money doing stuff other than college. I would agree. I, My I honestly and I, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know how I feel about it. I, you know, I want you to finish. But again, it's because we follow this yellow brick road. And as parents, a lot of times, we push our kids down that same yellow brick road, graduate from high school, go to college. Look, college is not for everyone. And there's a lot of money to be made, less a degree, you know, less a college degree. You don't need it always to make a lot of money. There are, are trade schools that people can go to. There's all types of ways to be happy and make money without a college degree. But see, and as a parent, I'll say this, I've seen it and I've been the, you know, I've done it where you're so proud. You want to say, oh yeah, my kid goes to this school and they're doing that. And so a lot of times parents push their children to do certain things for bragging rights. But I quickly learned that just like me and me following what I loved, that that's what my children also needed to do to be happy. So I want them to figure out what it is they want to do and do that. It doesn't necessarily mean you need a degree. So what? You know, that your mom and dad have degrees. So what? That was, you know, that was our journey. That's not yours. But find what it is you love and do that thing. That's where it gets dangerous on my aspect. Why? Because I am such a, me personally, I just think I'm such an even kill type of person. I don't really hate too many things. I don't really love too many things. Don't have any one direct passion, I'd say. Mm -hmm. The only thing I can truly be like, you know what? If I was doing this, I'd probably be happy, which is going to sound terrible, is making money. That's all that really matters. To me, I'm happiest when I'm making money. That's the end of it. That's why I haven't been able to do so many trash jobs for so long that I didn't like. It's because they paid me. I woke yeah. up, went to work because they paid me. I don't like it, but I just, I just feel like how I grew up and just the parents and all that, you don't got to like your job to make to have a good life. You got to like what your job provides you. And that's all I think I ever thought I would need to be happy because they're going to provide me a solid income. So I'm going to keep showing up to this trash job and doing this trash 
activities because they're going to pay me good. Well, I think back in your parents' day, you that was applicable. I don't think because of the way the world is today that you can apply that same concept because um, people want more and more and more and more from you um, on a job. And so if it's something that you hate, the pressure is going to be so great on you. You're not going to, you're going to be miserable doing that every day. I'm telling you, the world has changed and not always for the better. And especially in the job market, they want to try and squeeze every bit out of you for the least amount of money. Remember that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these jobs mm -hmm. where people made lots of money, they are dissipating. They are going away. They're going away. I mean, my father has been on the same job for 50 years and he still works full time. Who do you know that stays at a job mm. for 50 years anymore? <laughs> Nobody does that. But those types of jobs don't nope. exist. My father works for GE. You know, and and those mm. types of plants are closing. GE, DuPont, those they're going away. They're going away because they're being replaced by robotics and all this other stuff. So that's why I say it's more important now than ever to find something that you love because you're going to you gonna earn that money. They're going to make sure of that. So you better love it or you're going to stroke out one of the two. Mm -hmm. I do want to avoid that stroke out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we'll we're going to get that figured out. I think I got the ticket for you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think I she know what will juice. make you very happy. Uh, on the money side. Oh, I hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap this up. So I'm gonna be every uh week episode we end, we talk about something that we've listened to and something that we've watched, just so you know. So as we'll start it off, I'll go okay. and then it, actually no, you'll uh, go and then I'll wrap wise? it up. I don't know if y'all know, T.I. just dropped an album, and it's actually real solid. That's all I've really been listening to over the weekend. And TV-wise, A Million Little Things is coming back November 19th, so just get ready for that. A Million Little Things? Greatest show that? to ever hit CBS. Yeah, mm -hmm. I've, yeah, I've never seen it, but yeah. I, it's, uh, it's good. I just need to know when This Is Us is coming back. Mm -hmm. That's all I care. I did see a commercial for that as Ooh, well. I it's saw a commercial back? for it yesterday. It's soon. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah, really soon. so happy. I live for that show. Because I don't watch a lot of TV. So as far as listening mm. um, this week, um, you all probably don't know Lettucey, but Lettucey is this uh, singer, and she has this song that she made for her husband called Anything For You. And they actually did a remix of it where there's a guy on there singing with her, uh, PJ Morton. It's incredible. So that's, I've been playing that. That's been in heavy rotation to and from work this week um, and last week. And as far mm. as television goes, not really much of anything. I'll, I'll see a little headline news while I'm in my, in and out of my patient's rooms or whatever, but I just have not watched any television i'm trying to avoid it because it's just more of the same all you hear about is corona 
and um, my president. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. She's her president? You know, the yin and the yang of it all. So I just <laughs> don't really watch a lot of TV here lately. Mm, makes sense. Uh, Music-wise, I would say go check out Just Friends. They dropped an a EP not too long ago called Stupid. has some pretty good songs on it. Um, TV-wise, it's on Netflix. Oh, it's that good? Kurt Kreischer. It's like him. Okay. He's a, I liked it. Um, it uh-huh. It's definitely some I white boy, boy fun, fun, if you know that, for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, it's it's full of comedians and like it. It's only five episodes, and okay. we burned through it one night, and it's okay. hilarious. What it's is this called? Nonstop laughter. The cabin. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't check that out. The cabin with Burt Kreischer. Yeah, you can binge that real quick, especially if you drink a little bit, get a little buzz going, makes it even better. And that's definitely for the weekend. I got to work through Friday, but. Maybe I'll do that Friday yeah. night after work. Before we close out, This Is Us is coming back next uh, Wednesday, October 27th. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That's that is so perfect. <laughs> I need that back in my life. If you watch This Is Us, you would love a million little things. It's just 10 times better. I, I don't believe that. After you watch the first episode of A Million Little Things, you'd be hooked. It's that okay. good. I'm going to watch tonight. Please Knowing do. Full well, I have to go to work it's... tomorrow, but I'm going to watch one episode tonight <laughs> and see if it draws me in like This Is Us did. What? This Is Us is fire. I haven't watched it in a couple seasons. <laughs> no, I forgot. Not really I forgot. You can't forget I'm forgetting. It was, it's so it sad, really man. That, that, that's taxing on the body. Oh, Lord Jesus. I love that show. It's heavy, yeah. but that, that's I think heavy. As a young person, if you watch it, you'll glean a lot from it. Because I'm older, mm. then I get different things from it. And that's why I do a whole lot of crime because it's just so true to life. I'm telling you, that show was incredible. It's incredible. I, I don't think I've ever seen a show on television that is that close to real life. A million little things is the yeah, one. It, it hits hard. All right, Eric, you gotta watch that tonight. I'm seriously, I'm gonna watch an episode. I'm gonna <laughs> Y'all gotta catch that. that tonight. No, I'm probably going to edit this podcast. Hopefully, Anchor can fix their transcribe thing so I can put out last week's episode and oh, then put true. this one's stuff out on oh, time. I'll work it out. Thank you for having me on. Thank hey, you for coming. Um, hey, problem. thank you for coming on. Um, We'll probably have, because there is supposed to be a debate What's this week, we'll probably do the election cast part hard. two. All right. Thank you, Mom B, for coming on. I just realized this is episode 90. No big deal. Um, Shout out to that. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Porch Talk No A. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Spotify. Share this with your friends. We're on all listening platforms, streaming platforms. And we appreciate you. And we'll be back next week. Peace. Yeah, we all gonna die. I was worried, to be honest, but it's all going right. When I first laid eyes, I was awful enticed. And I might be off something, but I'm all in now. I'm bored in the house, and I'm in the house, boy. Boy, bored in the house, and I'm in the house, boy. Boy, bored in the motherfucking house, boy. And I'm bored in the motherfucking house, boy. 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 Motherfucking house, boy. Bored in the motherfucking house, boy. Motherfucking house, boy. Nine in the morning, 
in the streets, niggas riding in the streets. Try the police, then we sob and repeat. I done seen this like a hundred million times. Seen a white ride, get a black nigga shot.